on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. It's like the NASCAR. And here's your host, a man who learned about Shazam from Jim Neighbors, Derek McCall. That's pretty true, actually. Yeah, and that was almost clean, almost. And that was sort of like a Howard Stern show event. Like this rumbling comes, and then it's the announcement under whatever song you've got there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is Derek McCall, editor and chief of fanboyplanet.com. Hi, Derek. Hello, Lon. Uh, we are podcasting on July 2nd from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. The only place that Lon Lopez occasionally buys comics. You sound like you've uh, done that before. I have. Have you? No. No, oh, okay. So, uh, of course, with me are, are my faithful companions. First of all, my announcer. Fanboy Lon. How's it going, Derek? Fanboy Lon? FL. I just figured we were all part of the fanboys. Okay. Uh, Lon it's kind of Lo- like the Mickey Mouse Club, you know? <laughs> oh, great. I'm Fanboy Lon. Okay. Um, does that make me Jimmy Dot? Anyway. Uh, you're so- Cubby. Ooh. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Unfortunately, I do. Uh, that was Lon- and here's my Annette. <laughs> Lon Lopez, of course, who is the editor of moronlife.com and uh, and our announcer and sister site. Yeah, that's why I'm calling you sister site. Uh, and across from me. I have all her albums. <laughs> indeed. Uh, and across from me, sound engineer, moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. That's all we've got tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Thanks for a fantastic podcast. <laughs> this is going to be easy to edit. It is so, so much easier to edit. Lo- outtakes will be far longer. No, actually, we do, of course, have a lot to talk We got about. lots of show today, Derek. We, got, we do. We got a lot of comics news. We got some movie news, uh, some exciting stuff. Uh, we've got a threat from Lon Lopez. Mark Millar must be stopped. Uh, and, of course, you, we got some DVD news and some animation news for the fall for kids. Uh, but first, we uh, turn to comics news and uh, a, a passing that we must note. I know, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Rick, before a podcast, said, we, we really got to stop talking about people dying. Yeah. And unfortunately, they keep dying. And yeah. so, uh, Michael Turner. Still feel the same way. But you have to acknowledge it. Not only is it news, it's if someone is such an impact on the on fandom as Michael Turner, who was taken too too young, thirty seven years old, had been fighting cancer off and on. I, oh, can you say that? I mean, is it off and on? It had gone into remission. For it looked very good for him for the last eight years. Uh, definitely a fan favorite. He had. Uh, Drawn both Witchblade and you said uh, Lara, Lara Croft, Croft Tomb Raider from the Fathom. original Top Guy books and Fathom, which he spun off into his own publishing company, Aspen. Right. Uh, and then he had a Soulfire, I think. But I don't know if he drew that. But he was definitely he was a creative force. So very him. accomplished for his his his, his short years. If you are not one who buys the so-called independence, I mean, I don't know if Top Cow counts as an independent. He drew hot women too. Um, I, I I gotta say honestly, hot elfish women. Okay, women. all right. I found I found his style to be stylized. Very, I, I found it very, very stylized and very style. elongated. And I'm not yes. so I wasn't. He wasn't somebody that I personally. You uh, never was, could date those women. 
well, you never could find those women, oh, and so. you know, because they're elongated. But uh, speaking of that, then he by that book too. Yeah, it's elongated man. He was uh, he drew all the covers for Identity Crisis, and he uh, was in the Batman Superman launch of relaunch of Supergirl, the Kara Zor El, the character from Krypton, who is who DC touts now. Right. So definitely he had, uh, and he did. You said Witchblade already? And, yeah, we did. Okay. So he'd had this Top Cow origin. Um, 37, he died uh, Friday, passed away Friday, or at least the news was released on Friday. And uh, well, I said Thursday night, but I, Thursday Friday. Well, I said Friday, the, the, yeah. the, the news was released on Friday. Okay. Certainly casting Paul over Wizard World Chicago. Uh, and Jeff Johns had to leave uh, to be with with uh, Turner's family because apparently they were very good friends. And uh, can, I just, just, can I just end it? It's just a shame, sure. Kind on a good note. Yeah. Um, I... Don't, I, I can't remember if I met him personally when we went to the Wizard Did Chicago. Did you meet him personally? Uh, I'm not sure if I was introduced or not. I was introduced to a lot of the creators. However, my one memory of the guy was uh, at the hotel bar that everybody, all the creators and Wizard people and all the people were hanging out. Mm-hmm. He, him, he, Mike Turner and uh, Mark Silvestri were shooting pool. Mm-hmm. And this was relatively soon after he came back after his hip replacement surgery or mm-hmm. hip surgery or whatever. Mm-hmm. The guy was... Smiling, full of life, happy, and just he just looked like he was having the best time. And it was one of those things you're like in there going, Man, I wish I was that guy, you know what I mean? Or at least because he just looked so happy. And he was really taking life. I mean, well, they say the, so. I just, I mean, that's a compliment to a guy. I don't who, know, it was Wizard World Philadelphia, and he showed up and he was signing autographs from a wheelchair, right? Because you know, they had downplayed, I think, how bad well, he loved his job, he loved you know, the, the so. fans, so. Guy, you know. So the industry feels the loss. That will, will feel missed. the loss. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. Definitely, well, I counsel likable so, guy. So, moving on. Yes, indeed. There have been, sha- uh, I don't know how you say it, a shakedown, something at uh, at Image. A shake up. Shake up. I don't know why I went shake down. Shake up. Shake down's the, when you, like, you know, take a bum out in the alley. That's when you have his comics. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, that's it. Uh, yeah. He just gives me the willies, actually, and I mean that in any sense you might interpret it. <laughs> yeah. uh, a shake-up at, at Image Comics. Uh, Eric Larson, who has been the publisher, I'm not sure how many years, is stepping down. Um, and is being Has re- there been a reason cited? Or? Uh, he feels it's time. Uh, he's got he kids. He wants to spend more time with his kids, he, probably. Literally. Um, and he's, he, I believe he's planning on uh, bombing Iran. Uh, what? That, that, what? No. Uh, that he says he really wants to be able to devote time to both. Is that a Rumsfeld? Like, uh, uh, yes, it was. Uh, that, must you call attention to everything? He, he doesn't even have kids, does he? Rumsfeld? Does he, did he really leave to go be with his kids? Somebody did. I don't oh, know. Okay. Uh, you know, sure. All right. That old. Sure. Uh, Larson has kids that I know are elementary school age, um, and he, of course, wants to be very devoted to uh, and has been devoted to Savage Dragon, uh, his ongoing title. And so he says he really wants to get back to be able to focus on making his own good comics. Um, yeah, you know re- what? There's he's being a- replaced by executive director Eric Stevenson. Eric Larson's a creator. He's an artist. He probably wants to get back in that role. He probably was handling too much of the administrative. Oh, I would, I would bet that's that's, just, that's, the, you know. that's the truth, and I, I certainly don't blame him for that. I do want to say I, that I think that Eric Larson is is one of the key figures in really trying to push quality books. Surprising because Image was not always associated with that way. As, you know, Image began as like fan favorites doing their right. their creative. You know, this is our wild. You know, uh, we're breaking all the rules. We're breaking all the rules. And really, Eric Larson did start breaking all the rules by giving uh, creators with different visions 
uh, a place to publish. And, and if you look at if you pick up and look at what Image is releasing any month, you can't say there's there's a certain any kind of one overall type of book they do. And a massive body of work in the Dragon series. And as a creator, yeah. to go very specifically, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many. Uh, never been a guest artist. Now it's never been. It's not. It's not up to like the Dave Sim level. No, but it, but it but has been consistent yeah. on a monthly basis, and he's never had a fill in. Never missed an issue, and has never taken time off. It has yeah. been monthly. It is an amazing achievement. So whether you like Savage Dragon or not, I think it's kind of a fun book. I've, I pick it up every now and then and look through it. Tons of crossovers, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, a lot of cross pollinization with other things like and Dil- it's just, Dilbert and and, so, and it's just good comic book fun. Yeah, he writes it like a comic book and doesn't worry about kind of a Kirby having a summer event crossovers and you know. No, and, he's yeah. just he's just a good storyteller. Yeah. So I wish him well and he in draws being able to hot focus chicks. on that. Really? Yes, he Haven't does. you seen his... Actually. Yeah. I don't know. He draws the, busty. The lady, lady Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he draws him busty. Well, okay. Um, it's Michael Turner. There we go. You're so discriminating. Mm, I I'm am. Just, I'm just trying to get a name for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he draws hot chicks. <laughs> he draws him busty. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let us turn <clears throat> to... We got an email this week. Oh, we, we didn't check in the viewer no, mail we should, before. You know, but it was on, it was on purpose. Good because, segue. Good because segue. This, it really fits in comics. Uh, and I don't have it in front of me. Stephen Nelson, who has stepped, stopped by and been a commentator a couple of times. Was that mail you sent me? What? Was that an excerpt? I, I, gave, I pasted the entire email in, okay, into well, you. Okay, well, I can read it. Okay, well, uh, then here we go. Uh, Let's uh, uh, dip dul- into our... Uh, the dulcet com- tones of Rick Bretschneider right. reading well, no, Stephen first Nelson's we, email. First we have to tap into our supercomputer, Hal. Okay, do beep it. Boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 I can't boop, boop, do that long. Why? Why do you sound like uh, we the, just we accessed? We just accessed the computer. That was the computer accessing noise. Really? And yeah. then you got to come on with a. I recognize it from time tunnel. Yeah, there you go. Did it sound like Jeopardy or something? Some game did, show. Did. And the wheel says thirty. <laughs> okay, this is from an email entitled "Lawn Sequitur." What? Lon Sequitur. What did I do now? Why is it named after me? I'm assuming me? it's a reference to Lon Lopez. I will assume that. And but the, a play on the words n- with non, non sequitur. Which is a Latin phrase that means not in sequence. Yeah. Does not follow. Yeah, does, it does not, not follow. follow. Right. Well, I think that that's very apropos. Okay. This is, this is, uh, this is Stephen speaking through his mail. Lay on me, Daddy. Like him. Okay. It was great to see you guys last time I visited episode before last or so it was an interesting experience to walk around the room joke around and then find out days later what all those jokes were about i was doubled over (laughs) (laughs) you have uh, they were about him yeah you have converted me to your filthy filthy comic book habit Mm. i now have pause for effect oh wait a minute that's that's stage direction i'm not good at this (laughs) i now have a box. Thus, I am no longer under Michael Goodson. Wait, did he get kicked out of his house? No. Oh. Thus, I am no longer under Michael Goodson, which is probably a relief to both of us. I don't understand what that means. That's okay. Under Michael Goodson? I, yeah. I, you know, there's all kinds of ways we can go with that. Michael Goodson for our I new listeners. I choose to go right on by. Okay. Currently on my pick list, Sparks, although I hear there is not enough nudity. Iron Fist. Okay, mm. it's not there yet, but it will be once I'm back in the store. Walking Dead Trades. It's kind of a short list, so my request is similar to my previous question, but slightly more nuanced. 
pimp my box. What should I have on my pick list? Mostly my tastes run to gaming and more, but I'm willing to try something new. He's referring to the comic book writers in both cases, not gaming and more. Uh, <laughs> I'd read that comic. So I guess his challenge to us, Derek, is indeed is what, what do more? we suggest he fill his box with? Well, I'm well, going to go with I because I've had more time to think about this. I think than you guys. I, but I, before you say that, we should you should also try to figure out his style of. I know this right. is the challenge. Because I think his style is he 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 reads whatever we tell him to. Right, but I'm I like guessing so he's more of a sci-fi fan. Right, which is Probably. why I'd say yeah. my choice fits in that. We got to go to more of the Vertigo than the mainstream superhero books. He's not a mainstream superhero guy. Right. Although he went for Iron Fist, which is a little more mainstream. But I'm going to say uh, the Wildstorm book Ex Machina uh, by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and you Tony mean Harris. Ex Machina, right? No, I mean Ex Machina. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, Another Latin phrase. Oh, I thought it was a Mexican book about a, ma- about a machine. Why don't you write that? I will. Yeah. Another Latin phrase. Lon mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lopez is another Latin phrase. Mm. Uh, we'll have a regular feature. Ex Machina is about uh, a man who has developed... A politician. A politician. Well, he starts out as a man uh, who develops the ability... And he turns into a politician. ...to speak to machines. Any machines. Kind of like beca- short circuit? He becomes Johnny a Five Alive! I'm just going to ignore okay, you now. He, and he just... And he... Uh, I believe there's a film adaptation in the works as well. He, or at least a film deal. Oh. He uh, <clears throat> becomes a superhero, stops the destruction of one of the of the towers at 9/11, and uses the resulting popularity to run for uh, mayor, mayor of New York City. So he is the mayor of New York City now, a retired superhero in a world that didn't have any others. He's the one. He was called the Great Machine, and uh, it's a he really has good jetpack and a helmet as a, as, as a the Great Machine. Yeah, but he doesn't, else he doesn't built. dress up like that anymore. Does no, he, he doesn't. Right. Though others have apparently like cobbled together imitation uh, equipment for from him, uh, he does have a couple of supervillains. They've sort of hinted at, um, but most of all, it's just a well-written series where Brian K. Vaughn gets to take uh, certainly some controversial issues and look at them through kind of this not a superhero lens, but through a, fi- a science fiction lens, and it's. It's like watching a South Park episode without being funny. It's kind of like you're not sure what the poli- what the real politics of the creators are, which is great. Instead, it's really like, huh, I just never thought of that issue maybe that way or yeah. why. You know, and it's a very reasoned. It's an interesting book too because from, I've read the first couple of trades, and I believe the the artist uh, Tony Harris uh, shoots photographs of most of the scenes. I think he does. I and think then, he photo models. And then basically draws from the photographs. Um, and and a number of the books have uh, so examples tracer? of pages that he's done. No, no, no. You, I mean, a lot more people do that than, you, than you might done think. That for years, but, you know, uh, yeah, you know. it's it's not a new technique. Tony Harris is very good at stylizing it, though. I mean, it's yeah. it's. Uh, All right, let me be Stephen Nelson here then. Okay, can I pick up the latest issue of this book and and be satisfied? Well, here's or do my I need assumption. To know? Here's my assumption. Stephen's okay. asking. Uh, we got to you. Got to go back with the trades first. Okay. Okay. And I do believe that that's what because Stephen's buying Walking Dead in trades. Yeah. Reality well, that's is good. Reality is that X Machina. That's what you do. Buy a trade. It's a long story. Pick it up and see. You, you want know? to start of the first issue, I think, with that one. Too. Yeah. Really. Okay. I think so. Okay. But it's a really good unfolding right. unfolding saga. Okay. Not all the answers are there. Uh, yet, after three or four years of it, but I just think it's a it's a great book. It's a great and it's a great science fiction book. It's not really superhero-y. 
Uh, it's I mean, I guess it's a superhero book for those who don't really like them. Okay. I'm gonna th- I, I want to throw one out for Yeah, you. yeah. Go, Rick. Because uh, I think this book, still thinking. this book has no, had, I got one. had its own continuity but gives you a lot of insight into the DC universe. So it's a mainstream book, and I'm going to suggest Brave and the Bold. Good. Mark Wade's run in particular, because yep. Straczynski's hasn't started yet. It's in and out of continuity. That's one of the reasons that— But I don't think you have to go out of continuity to— to no, stay in the no, no. It, it's one of those things. Mark Wade is just was committed to, as I think he's done now, uh, or he has one more issue. He, he was committed to, is committed to good storytelling with within consistent the, characterization title. within that title, yeah. which is what the original Brave and the Bold series was, only this is a lot more intelligently uh, done or to, uh, to modern tastes. J. Michael Straczynski is about to take that book over, uh, and the same thing was he chose that book or asked to asked. Went to DC and said, "I want to do this." One. I know that I shouldn't do a book that's heavily tied into continuity, <laughs> and uh, which I thought was a very man's honest. Man's got to know his limitations. Man's got to know his limitations. And they suggested, "Well, Mark Wade is leaving uh, Brave and the Bold, so why don't you take that?" Yeah. And so uh, I think a great choice. So we don't know what he's going to do on that book yet, but I'm going to bet that's going to be great. And Wade's run was great with George Perez on art. Yeah. How many trades are I think just. Only the I first six issues have been collected one. so far, but even so, it wouldn't be hard to go back and pick up you the can individual pick. issues as well. Yeah, so I have one. That's a good suggestion. Brave and the Bold, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a couple actually. Now these are suggestions and not necessarily recommendations because I haven't. I, I familiar way to make a commitment, right? But I just I want to suggest. Oh, sorry, these. you have a problem with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, what? Um, <laughs> first of all, exactly. Mudley. Is Brew Break Brew Baker still writing Daredevil and Captain America? Uh, yes. I would say if you're going to follow two superhero titles, you probably can't go wrong following either Daredevil or Captain America. Now, granted, they do have kind of convoluted stories. However, Brew Baker such a so, such an adult style of writing that. A, a, you know, somebody interested in reading a good book or a good comic will will definitely be satisfied by a Brubaker comic. And I think Captain America and Daredevil are both doing good. But my other one that I haven't read but I think he might like because of the sci-fi and you actually recommended was, is it Conquest? What's the space book that came out of uh, Annihilation? Uh, uh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians right of the Galaxy, now. that's yeah. what I meant. I'm uh. sorry. Uh, so yeah. that's a good sci-fi slash hero book action. And, and I suspect, again, suspicion, uh, Stephen, Guardians of that the you've Galaxy. read Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's, probably some of their Warhammer work. Uh, they've done some other sci-fi books over the years, actual straight-up novels. And I think that Stephen's probably more of a novel reader than comics usually. So uh, he's he might be familiar with their work already. They are two, as a team, they're one of the best uh, writing teams or uh, at writing space opera, and you know I thought they did a really nice job when they did Legion of Superheroes. Not all comics readers agreed, yeah. but I thought you know they they certainly did. They they ran with that book. Are these the guys that did Guardians of the Galaxy? And they're the guys that are writing oh, Guardians okay. of the Galaxy. Uh, well, and, see? No- and Nova as well, I think. So uh, both really good books. Well, good job, me. Yeah. So uh, I think those, <laughs> I think those are good suggestions. Let's, let's start you there because Steve, we don't want your wife to really hate us for suddenly making you. I could make buy one other one okay. other one of our perennial uh, recommendations uh, would be Fables. 
when you buy fables, you can catch up to the certain point. You got to start buying Jack of Fables. Yeah. It is an addiction. Absolutely, I'm, I'm never let down by that. I just read today's fables and was like, oh, yeah. dang, they're good. Dang, they're good. You know. And another good suggestion is when you come down to the store, pick up a comic shop news. Look at some of the upcoming books that are featured and coming out, and try something new. Mm-hmm. I want to say one other because it's Matt Fraction, Casanova. He's already reading. Um, if he's going to read Immortal Iron Fist, again, I suspect Although Casanova is a departure from almost everything. No, but absolutely. But it does feel to me like like Michael Moorcock and oh, the it's Rolling Stones. Like Michael, Michael Moorcock Moorcock. and the Rolling Stones had a love child. Casanova well, is it's, it. It's it's uh, Jerry Cornelius in the twenty first century. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks an awful lot like me. Actually, Jagger. suggest yeah. books by Gaiman and Moorcock. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go ahead? Gaiman and Moore and Moorcock. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah see? That's, you got Moore and Moorcock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're just embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to go with it. I had to. <laughs> so to summarize. <laughs> to summarize. We got no summary. Uh, uh, but we do have. Let uh, us know how that works out for you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, some books that came out on the stands today. No, I want to hear how it works out for uh, Okay, but, but we're not going to sit here and wait for him. Okay. He's, he's listening right now a week later. Is that going to call? No. We haven't worked out the, the kinks What's in next? that system. Uh, books that actually came out today. So let's talk about that. Um, first, Tech Jansen returns after a year. I, I mean, the first issue came out a year ago. Then that's it. Nothing for a year from Oni Press. They're finally back on track. They claim that this will come out in a more timely manner. This is, is suffering from the I real. I probably remember more of what happened in the first issue than I should have. I don't know. I'd say come back down, come down to the comic shop, people. If you're listening, if you're a Stephen Colbert fan, come in and pick this up. That's what they're counting on. So, a book that I did get to read. I haven't read Tech Jansen. Astonishing X Men number twenty five. Warren Ellis taking over from Joss Whedon. Hard act to follow. Art uh, now by Simone Bianchi. It used to be uh, John Cassidy. Very hard act to follow. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look through it. But I, no, I absolutely dug it. I flipped I, through it. I will not be. I I will not be uh, spoiling anything. Just saying, wow! It just you know it gives itself enough distance from what Joss Whedon did to set. This is the new status quo. Some really good logic behind it. I really, really, absolutely love this book. I I was surprised. Well, um, hasn't Astonishing pretty much been the exceptionally good X book? Oh, which, yeah. Which is why it was a hard act to follow. Once Joss Whedon had brought everything to a close for his his run. But he closed it nicely. He I did. Mean, he, he absolutely he, did He wrapped close all it. of his plot lines. The only thing that's kind of outstanding is Danger. Mm-hmm. I did not like Danger. That's okay. I did not like the character. Danger, danger is not in this Astonishing X-Men number good. 25. I hated Danger. But there is trouble. Um, and- Wait, is that... D- J- uh, Danger's little sister. Trouble. <laughs> I'm trouble. No, it's just it's, it's like the it's, danger room and the trouble it's, closet. It's great. It's it's great characterization too, in the way that you believe that these people, that several of the X Men, have been friends for ten years or more, and they talk like old friends. They don't. It's not like this forest. Remember how when we did this? It's just this is the kind. You know, this is the way friends converse. And with the each arts, other. arts yeah. just as good as Cassidy's. Well, I really like some of Yagi. Not a lot. Not everybody does. That's okay. Because you know, Cassidy, he drew hot chicks. So does Simone Bianchi. You're oh. really going for that title, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a callback. Now, if I can go someplace where you can't say that, 
<clears throat> Lawn. The other book that I really love today, and you also picked it up. It's in your stack. Billy Batson <laughs> and the Power of Shazam, number one. Drawn by who? By Mike Kunkel. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> Because it's a children's book. Oh. oh. Following up on the work that Jeff Smith did on uh, Shazam and the Monster Society of Evil, uh, you, didn't, you don't have to pick that up. He, he explains it in the first couple of pages uh, and then goes right into his new story, his new, uh, new villain, a new version of Black Adam, more appropriate for a kid's, kid's book. Um, right, so he doesn't murder a whole country in this story. Not, not, not so far. Good. No. No. Good. It's great. Good. Alan. Not a, no, it, it's still Black Adam. It's still Black Adam. But it doesn't become Black Adam. But it, it's it, it's it's done for He's a kids. Prankster. And this you know, is the same guy who drew Hero Bear and the Kid. Hero right? Bear and the Kid, which was a really fun kids book. Uh, and he was an animator for Disney for a while, so you can tell his style definitely. He's very drawing, cartoony. He's drawing yeah. storyboards still. You know, it's half I pencil, just half it ink. And it was really obvious. Yeah, but but it's also I think for a kid that's a great like you can see them you, you really can sure. get a sense of the motion. Well, you're it's trying very to get, dynamic right now. If you're trying to get kids, you're trying to pull them away from the uh, Saturday morning cartoons or all the Nicktoons and stuff. And here's and a so here's a go. book that looks like it. Yeah, and, but you know what it, I could see on this? What you remember you that uh, plastic band trailer that was on YouTube for a little bit with Dom Kenny and everything? Oh, we had that on Fanboy Planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see like if they ever did a TV version of this Shazam book, which they are working on doing. Like if they did a, you know how I remember in the old days when you had two different stories in a cartoon show? Like mm-hmm. yeah. I could see a Plastic Man Shazam Hour or something. You know what I mean? Like, like as a you know one whole like. Uh, you just blew my mind. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. Yes. That'd be so cool. Uh, absolutely, a- absolutely. Are you I, listening, Dan Didio? Because. Because it's Didio. What'd you call Dan him? Dan Didio. You've had a drink with him. I don't know why you Dan can't, 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 can't pronounce his I'm name I'm having a drink right now. Uh, that, that explains a lot. Uh, Look, yeah, I don't have a problem. Shush. Yeah, problem. Um, yeah it's, clearly, it's clearly resetting and relaunching for For a the huge, 80th time. For a multi, but for a multimedia blitz. I know there's an animated cartoon yeah. being worked on for Cartoon Network. We know, of course, that... Um, Peter Siegel. Peter Siegel is planning to direct the live action. John August is working on like the third draft of the script, and they did officially t- change the title of this of the movie to Billy Batson and the Power of Shazam. So I think that they're really uh, with Dwayne Johnson uh, committed to playing Black Adam. Hopefully, I'm still in there for Brandon Mullally. Come on, Brandon, get Captain Marvel and Derek McCaw as Mister Mind. That would be awesome. I could be Savannah. Are you listening, Dan? I could be Savannah. I'm okay with I that. I think of the right CGI. I could be Mr. Mind. You're thinking it, aren't you? You're, Wait, Mr. Mind was totally, the worm, right? I've yeah. seen you totally Tawny Tiger. <laughs> Talkie Tawny. Talkie Tawny. Awesome. Thanks. No, Derek is the wizard. No. 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 <laughs> I'd like to be Talkie Tawny, though. That'd be fun. Uh, okay. I don't know who that is. You don't, he's the tiger. Right. You don't exactly. know enough about this show. I don't. Um, anyway, so I, I, I'm kind You'll of. You'll be doing that role. Kelsey oh. Grammer will be going. That's how I should have done the Beast. No, that's okay. I I, I have great <laughs> respect for Kelsey Grammer's portrayal of the Beast. Yeah, and, let's and not most talk- of my acting style, I owe a great debt to Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide that. Uh, <laughs> I'm known in, in the Bay Area acting circles as we need an easily flustered, pompous guy. There you go. And call Derek McCaw. This is true. Uh, but what is also true is I'm look, really looking forward to this. And one thing I was gonna say about aiming against a kids movie is what DC needs right now as far as film is they need a kids kids movie 
There is no doubt the Dark Knight coming out almost three hours long by all reports, wow. and in no way, shape, or form is that movie appropriate for kids by all accounts. But you know there's going to be a little kid's joke or makeup kits. Oh you know, but that, and that's wrong. But I'm saying, you know, Marvel at least took their <laughs> shot with, like, the Fantastic Four franchise, definitely aimed at the family audience. DC needs to do the same thing on the big screen because yeah. you know that Superman really wasn't. Superman Creepy. won't be in the future. Who knows what's going to happen with Wonder Woman? But if you get Shazam right, it's absolutely got to be one that they, that the that kids really like, yeah. Uh, and it, and that parents can feel comfortable with their kids liking as much as I've like as much as we loved Iron Man and Hulk. Man, can't do that. Spider Man movies still can't, there are sections of those I can't show my kids. So you know, it, it, there needs to be a franchise for kids, and DC needs to have it. So you know, I'm I'm really. You don't think works. they already tried it with Legion of Superheroes and the Batman? You know, but those are on television. I mean, oh, you're talking a about a movie. Between, I'm talking franchise. about a movie, a big screen oh, okay. where the family really gets involved. If it's Saturday morning, that is still ghettoized in a lot of people's minds. But I want that moment, like you know, going to the soccer game and the soccer moms are saying, "Have you seen Iron Man?" I'd love to see. And she's going to go, "Have you seen Billy Batson and the Power, Power of Shazam?" Shazam? I'd love that. No, she's not going to say that. Well, I'm let a man have his dream. No, I'm just saying they'll, that title's way too long. Shaz- they'll end up saying Shazam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or that Shazam movie. That Shazam movie. Billy Bunkum. And yeah, did the, you see that Billy Barty and the Power of Shaz- Kazam? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think that show was actually made. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> now, uh, to make Lon happy, Hasbro announced something this week. And I guess this is a good transition spot that they're doing a web comic. So, I think that fits under our comic section. Sure. 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 What would that web comic be? I don't know if it's a web comic. It's a web web episode. Like web episodes. Web episodes. Yeah. Mm. So actually, animated, like new animated GI Joe for the web coming early next year. I believe it's called GI Joe Resolute. Re- is that the, how you pronounce that? Resolute. Yes. So they wow, didn't, I'm they, stunned. They didn't give a lot of uh, information on what it was going to be about. However, it should. I said they said ten five minute web episodes. And then no, yeah. Well, then one ten-minute finale. Okay. And I believe they start airing. And I'm and obviously I'm guessing it's going to lead or at least mm-hmm. try. I do to, think they were planning to do a major relaunch. And yeah, I mean, by literally, the, comic. the Devil's yeah. Due comic I guess came to an end, really pulling all the plot lines closed, so that IDW, which now will have the rights to GI Joe, can do a, a, a relaunch that ties in more closely, I guess. To yeah, what the it's, movie's it's all do. hype. It's all hype for the movie. So I mean, it, it's definitely to build more inches for the movie. And I'm guessing it'll have all the characters that are going to be featured in the movie, probably. But that's only speculation. So okay. But it will be on Hasbro's GI Joe website, GI Joe right. Which I will have to say, if you're a GI Joe fan, has the best time killer. If you guys are bored, it's called Noah Joe, <laughs> and uh, it's it has all the. <laughs> It has all the action figures. There were several. Uh, <laughs> Hello, my name is Noah Joe. Uh, no, I'm I'd just like saying. To tell you. There are several businesses in uh, Tokyo's Soapland district <laughs> that have the exact same slogan. Anyway, go I ahead. don't get that reference. I but know you don't. But anyways, it has Michelle Saman just wet himself. Awesome, but it has a, an awesome game. It's like a family feud between GI Joe and the Cobras, and it's it's like stop motion. Oh, somebody says. Yeah, it's like stop motion genocide with the uh, <laughs> stop motion with the action figures, and then you just—it's a trivia game. So if you know you know your GI Joe trivia, take over a small middle American town, strangulation. Those, those are 
the questions, yes. Uh, but yeah, check it out, GIJ.com. Okay. Is okay. this Richard Dawson host? No, I, I don't think there is a host, oh, but well, it has the same sound effects when the cards. Chris you know, Garcia hosts. But as we're doing it, oh, Lordy. Uh, I, and I've sidekicked for him. It's not that fun. Uh, we've you know, kind of multimedia transition, so let me give a topic that will uh, complete the transition. Sure. Mark Miller must die. Tell us uh, why, Lon. Um, uh, because Mark Miller is right now a multimedia titan. Of course, he's... Well, first of all, I can't, I mean... Can you would we... think from the reaction, by the way, he created uh, a title that, of course... Was actually number two at the box office, but if you read any fan sites this week, you'd think it was number one. Who cares what Wally is? Wanted did you know? Might as well mows down all the competition. No, no, that little robot still stayed on top. But uh, they're turning this number two position into a huge hype, and it was quoted as, as said at Wizard World: "There'll be no living with Mark Miller on on Monday." So, well, the thing is, you can't really. The movie Wanted has nothing to do with Mark Miller unless he wrote the screenplay, did he? Nope. Yeah, that. I mean, if people love the movie and then they go check out the comic, I don't know if they're going to find... He came up with the names of the main characters. Yeah, that was, and that mm-hmm. was about it. So. Um, and he had the main character talking to the audience at the end. No, you know, there were, mm-hmm. there yeah, were yeah, definitely yeah. small things pulled from the movie. But I'd say the first... Five six minutes were, were definitely uh, a fair adaptation taken from his from his yeah, graphic I mean, novel. That whole, yeah, I his setup it. was the same. Sure, where sure. it led, totally different. The graphic novel, the running outside the building, and this one, the the launching across, that was awesome. I mean, it's very and very. Are you driven. being sarcastic? No, I thought it was. Really oh, cool. okay. Um, we may have to have a slap. Did did we go rip on wanted? Already? No, we didn't. We saw no, it after doing... last week's podcast. Well, let's do it after this. Okay, okay. Because I just want to say this is my section called Mark Miller must be stopped, and it and you know I've I've been vocal on the website or on the podcast about I wasn't happy with Civil War. I wasn't. Ha- I'm not happy with Kick Ass. I'm not happy. Did he write uh, Ultimates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't happy with how he just made everybody a jerk and just. I'm just finding that I've really nothing personal against the guy because, as far as I know, the guy's cool. Here's the latest from the latest Wizard magazine from his upcoming story arc. I'm going to read a small quote for, uh, about <clears throat> all right. Go ahead. Old Man Logan storyline that's coming up, and this is what he says: Is his own miniseries, isn't it? Old Man Logan. No, it's actually in Wolverine, yeah, but it's, it's a in... story arc. Oh, okay. I haven't yeah. read it. Uh, I came up with the coolest stuff. Oh, wait, I should try to read it with a Scottish... Bro- no, okay. Uh, I came up with the coolest stuff. I can't do it. What the... And, uh, <laughs> when did he come from the Punjab? I don't know. He's subcontinental. <laughs> I, I, I don't do voices. And shove that in there. Pim Falls, for example. When you read that, you're like, what's that? Is it a waterfall? Says Miller. Then you find out... That, by the way. Then you find out it's Giant Man's dead body, which has been lying there for 50 years. And car- cars are driving up his arse and coming out the top of his head. He's just become a part of the motorway. Because you know that's what would happen. Right, right. When Giant Man dies, no, none of his friends would come, and or you know, no Scoop damage control wouldn't go. I don't know, but the whole point is, is just it's obnoxious. That's obnoxious to me that as a writer, he's coming up with something to just go. It's almost shock value and not art. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where he kind of reminds me of the guy in high school who was like, yeah, I'm a writer and watch what I can do next. You know, and it's almost like but he's, he's coming to- up with stuff that the 13 year olds that were beat up a lot would be hanging out in the lot by the lockers, hoping no one would notice them coming up with these revenge. Probably. Yeah. And, and it's and just weird. one of those things where it's just like 
that serves no point of the story, and it's just a funny little thing you can throw in there and go, oh, look, look how clever I am. You're driving up a giant man's arse. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, it just doesn't – it's not serving the storyline, and it's just – it's kind of sad to me, and I'm just – Well, he, he's given a lot he of interviews. A break. He's he given a, a break. lot of interviews in the last few weeks where I just realized the guy will say anything. I think I may have mentioned this last week. I would give an interview about how – all the old superheroes, they're old, they're dead, they're tired. It's things like Wanted and it's things like uh, Kick-Ass that the Hollywood wants and, and, that, and that readers want. And uh, I'd say really when they sell as much as a mainstream superhero book, then maybe you can make a claim to that. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the flip side, as he's saying that I'm tired of these and they keep begging me to come back and I don't want to do them – He's apparently trying very desperately to pitch his Superman. his plot for Superman to Warner Brothers. Right. How he's desperate to write a you know, but he'll say anything to make himself seem the coolest guy in the room at any given moment. And I guess you have to do that. And again, I- I'll agree with you. I'd probably enjoy hanging out with him. Uh, you know, he's a drinker. Okay, well maybe I wouldn't then. But, but that's no uh, slight on him. It's. Uh, like I said, nothing personal bleeder. about the guy. Like, you know, the brief little time I saw him at Wizard World Chicago, mm-hmm. he, was, he was a popular dude. Everybody loved him. He was great. Cool guy. But I'm just saying, writing style-wise, I just, I think part of the reason I've been turned off of comics so much for the last year and a half has been this new wave style of just uh, careless writing, in a sense. You know what I mean? Where it's like, not caring about the characters, not caring about continuity, not caring about... You know, uh, character development, but just throwing in stuff just to make people go, "Oh man, did you see that one part?" Which, granted, is is a good marketing ploy. It's a good way to get people to buy comics. At the same time, you know, to, for a person who actually reads and has you know some kind of something invested in a storyline, it's like, don't treat us, you know, like morons. So I don't know. I just think. There's something to be said about this new style. Well, I'm going to have to wait and see how he treats that whole arse thing. <laughs> is there a stripe painted up? It? Did they actually tar the road? Right. Uh, can, yeah. Is it opening as it's part of a theme park? Yeah. Right. But then that's even the whole thing of that is just I know, I know. I'm, obnoxious. I, I agree with you. But I, I mean, I've, I've felt that for quite some time. It might have been a little more here. I, I would give him this much. Had he had kept it as Black Goliath's skeleton... The guy he killed in Civil War, you know. Without bringing somebody else into it? <laughs> well, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's he already, was, it's he already was, established piece of Marvel history And now. he was buried as, as a giant because that's the whole thing. Like, right. who's to say Giant Man wouldn't shrink back to die? You know, whatever. I mean, that's just... And they gave some lame excuse for that in Civil War. But so. I'm just saying, though, that like now that would have been clever because it was calling back to his previous work. And then you could kind of go, oh, I see what he's doing here. He had a little bit of a, a purpose, and you could make it like a joke. But to just pull some, you know, <laughs> here, here's By the man. way, uh, and this is only tangentially Mark Miller related, but I did have to uh, explain Brand New Day to uh, my summer school class today. Yeah. And as I started to explain it, because they were talking about Spider-Man and how he's with Mary Jane and she's so cool, because they see all those scenes in the movie. And even as it was coming out of my mouth, I'm like, wow, this is just the stupidest thing. Well, he's not really with Mary Jane right now because they sold their love to the devil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
Are we going to go to Wanted now or some, sometime later? Uh, do we want to talk about movies that have already come out and we've seen? Let's do that first yeah. and we'll get to movie news. So go ahead. Let's let's rip Wanted apart. Go ahead. We didn't talk about it last week? We didn't. We hadn't seen it. Oh. We podcast on Wednesday. We record oh, the we podcast on Wednesday. We saw it Thursday night. when we saw it. Because they, they, they canceled the screenings that critics could have seen in advance and they would, so they would have uh. had time. To develop an opinion, ah. and then they that's gave not it a good us, sign. Then they gave it to us, you know, at, at seven thirty before a midnight show. Well, let's okay. let's say that surprisingly, I was surprised that it did as well as it did. Especially, I'm again. not surprised it did as really? well as it did. Again, you're like, talking money wise, like yeah, you know, because right. someone wrote into me and complained, you know, four or five years, five years ago, I guess, when Ang Lee's version of Hulk came out. When I read this review and I said, oh, it was just you know, it was just boring. And let me write, well, I guess the public disagrees because it made like, you know, whatever it was. It was number one that weekend. And I'm like, first weekend? Yeah. Doesn't mean squat. All that means is, boy, they did a great job of completing, of convincing people that this is a movie they want to see or this is the movie you have to see this weekend. Right. They didn't do as great a job as Disney did with, with Wally. Wally was such a superior film. Wally had a lot of buzz. Going in though, it did. I mean, but it's, but it's a, worth it's every got bit the of the Pixar buzz. pedigree too. Yeah, wanted people thought, oh, we're going to see Angelina Jolie. Look how hot she looks in that poster, and it's got guns. It's got boobs, guns, and bombs. So boobs, it did bombs, good in the guns. Midwest, is what you're saying? Uh, not necessarily in the Midwest. Oh, okay. Uh, certainly, uh, my one of my brothers-in-law. It had everything he needs to enjoy a Saturday <laughs> afternoon at home. You know. <laughs> Guns, boobs, and bombs. That's it. You know, it's like Christmas. It is just like you know. I don't think he went and saw it because it's rated R. But it's All right, still now. Let's talk about the movie. Spoiler alert! If you want to avoid spoilers in the movie Wanted, jump forward fourteen minutes in this podcast. Yeah, fourteen minutes. We do kind of go on. This is your last warning. Okay, this is your last warning. Let's talk about it. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what was that? Yeah. Uh, let's How do you spell that. I'm going to transcribe that later. It's spelled <laughs> and <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, first of all, I was a big fan of the comic. Okay. Shocker, because I hate Mark Miller. But uh, written, of course, by the man of the hour, Mark Miller. I did like the comic. I'm not going to. I love the comic because why the concept was smart. Derek, could you give us a quick recap of what the concept of the comic Wanted was all about? All the supervillains teamed up, and they killed all the superheroes and took over the world. All before the story started. All before the story began, so that you've got Wesley Gibson. That sounds like an awesome movie. Now, can you explain to me the premise of the movie real fast? A thousand years ago, a guild of weavers discovered that their loom was talking to them. And and giving coded messages as to who deserves to live and who should die in no, order. No, just who should die. Okay, whatever. <laughs> who should die in order that? Do I will... have to do a voice like this? In order that I there come... will not be any chaos. I thought it was a league of the assassins. Or they well, they, they, they were weavers first. Were that yeah. was the thing. And then they all became because weavers are so skilled in the art deve- of killing. And they they developed the mutant ability to accelerate their heartbeats to four hundred beats per minute in order to have faster reflexes and learn how to curve bullets. Yeah. Um, that has nothing to do with the first thing you just explained. No, depending on where the thread is, it's in binary code. Yeah, which is one of the great mistakes in this movie because binary representation of 
ASCII characters didn't happen until like in the last hundred years. But they were advanced. <laughs> See, Rick, Rick poked a hole in it I wasn't even looking for because I had given up before that moment. There was a row of programmers sitting there going, <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> Derek just blew a gasket. I'm sorry. Officially. Because I, I would almost would have been worth it to me to go with you on Monday night just to hear people like, that's not how binary That does works. not compute. That does not compute. <laughs> they wouldn't have had binary a thousand <laughs> years, years ago. All I know is, is when that scene came Much out. Much less an ASCII representation <laughs> through binary. <laughs> all I know is when that scene happened, me and Derek audibly laughed out loud. When he says, this, Wesley, is the loom of fate. <laughs> and we just lost it. We're like, you got it. I was like, what the? You know, and then so. this was your father's room. We've been we've been beating you up and treating you like crap for the last uh, I don't know All twenty minutes of the movie. to turn you around, and then we introduce you to your mo- your your father's room, and cue the sentimental music. Well, it was, it was just, terrible, uh, terrible. But let's get. But I did th- like the soundtrack though. If it had been completely disassociated, I liked the songs they used. I was just I, yeah. I was I digging but them. let's get to the brass tacks of it. Um, okay, brass here's tacks. the biggest problem with Wanted. It was directed. Who's the director's name? Everybody? Timur Timur Bim- I'm not trying to be a Chamber jerk about Chatham, this. Chatham, 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 Channing Tatum? No, no. Timur Babik, the guy who directed Nightwatch and Daywatch. Ah, the Ruski. All right, so anyways, he's known for his Nightwatch yes, commentator, movies. John Birch, yes. He's known for being a visual director, meaning he has awesome visuals. And I would say why I'm disappointed. This movie was so close to being good if he could match if he had a storytelling sense that matched his ability to put together really cool visuals. Yeah, his I think what it was. The visuals in Nightwatch were awesome. Well, the vis, I think the visuals in Wanted were pretty good. Yeah. But it just you're watching this movie of awesome scenes, but then you go, "Well, wait, what does this have to do with what I'm watching and what does this have to do with the story you just explained See, to I didn't me?" Have, I, you know, I'm going to stop because I, you're going you're to go past where I can start. Are you going to edit out? You're going to edit No, no, no. no, no okay. I, I, the power Rick, you wants, wants, Rick wants. The, without thinking about the graphic novel, I didn't have. I had a number of problems with the plot, okay. similar to any other movie I would have had. Sure, that's what I was kind of going I, at. Yeah. If I stop comparing the novel to the movie, it gets it gets better. Okay, I agreed. And, and I can. Uh, you know, the loom was silly. The bending the bullets was unnecessary. Agreed. But something they wanted to do to, to support a visual effect. Exactly. The rats were ridiculous. Agreed. Um, Not in the book. And the the idea that uh, Angelina has to commit suicide at the end. Um, oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, well, we, we've already spoiled this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, it spoiled itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I will put a spoiler alert in earlier oh, just okay. in case. Uh that was just ridiculous because why kill, you you can start you can say well she killed herself because she really believed in the loom the code which which would have said that she had to die however if she knows she's potentially somebody who's going to do something bad can't she just start doing just good stuff? And the loom doesn't exist anymore anyway. Well, and wasn't the those lists the fabricated? Reason, no, no. No. That part was – the loom said that because it was saying that – If we take Morgan Freeman at his word, that he wasn't lying to them there. 
No, but, but I believe it's because Sloan it, it knew that Sloan was going to mislead them and they were going to be committing evil. Right. So the whole reason – if you, really the only reason they came up with those names was because Sloan was in the picture. You take Sloan out of the picture, they're going to actually obey the loom. But the loom doesn't exist anymore. Except there's still one in Europe. There is? Yeah. Terrence Stamp had his own loom. I don't remember that. Yes, he did. Yes. Okay. Terrence now, Stamp was just the bullet maker. The other no, big, he had his own loom. I don't remember that. Are you yeah. sure? Yes. The other, th- the other thing about it is, okay, so the ability to bend bullets is something you inherit. Wait, wait, wait. How does his loom coincide with the other loom? The looms talk? Like the internet or we something? Don't, we or? don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that, that, I don't. They have, they have Why, Rednet. We don't even have an origin <laughs> of the loom. They don't even try and I – thought, I thought they were going to tie it back to the fates of mythology, right? But they did. That would have been smarter. And, but it's an obvious to anyone literary that you go, oh, okay, it's That's the why I have fates. a loom. That's why you have a loom because right. they weave. They're, they're the weavers, yeah. But they didn't even go there. Okay, so. Now, that would have been intellectual. Here's the big mistake for me. So the but ability. You paid 10 bucks. The ability to bend the bullets, to, to mm-hmm. curve the bullets, is a power, right? You have to be, like, inherit it. You can't just train to do that, right? Something like that. Something like that. Angelina Jolie is there because her father was killed by somebody, but not necessarily because her father had any power. Right, right. Plus even her ability to curve, plus even the way they established the bullets were curved. Yeah. She didn't do in the end. She ran it around the room. Yeah. But, I mean, she also, you know, like they made a big deal with Wesley where it was like sort of almost like a boomerang thing. Right, right, right. So they established the rules for how it's supposed to to be done. Right. She didn't do that. So, I mean, it, it violated itself. And it was, and this is my problem. I'm old enough now, seen enough movies where I'm like, and I can understand why young guys going to see that movie go, those are so cool. They're not thinking about the storytelling. No, they go, no, those no. images are cool. But I'm old enough now. It's like, no, I don't like a movie where the script, the story serves the images. Images right. should be serving the story. And wanted does not do that. And also, the thing I had noticed in the screening was like, as a movie, it establishes rules. Then it doesn't follow its own rules. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you can't tell us, you can't set up something about the healing bath and have it be all wax and you have to crack through it when you're done. Yeah, and then it's liquid because you need to do it later to have conversations. Yeah, and then later in the movie, it's it's not a thing anymore it's just well, a bad well because it, it, it then depends you, on how much you know that i could you could ex- you if couldn't you were a good have had writer, angelina you, jolie come out naked dripping wet right 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 if if it was wax but if you're a good writer you could write around that and they didn't bother but they to. didn't no and and something another thing we noticed too was the fact that and, and in the comic it's it's explained but in this there was no consequence to these madmen running around the city shooting and chasing and everything else and there was only maybe one reference to the cops was during the car chase scene Right. But like when he shook him off. Yeah, but then there's just this whole thing where it's like they're running rampant in this town where there's no law enforcement and nothing, no consequence. Now in the book, it's explained. Well, you know, to throw back yeah. to make that. But comparison, all it needs is one line. The excuse of for written. not having this is that no audience audience is going to buy into the society of supervillains. To which I say right now, of all times, please with things like we've got an axis, so called axis of evil. We've got Al Qaeda. You up that and you have supervillains. Everybody's going to buy into that. Yeah. They could have so easily just kept that because the other thing that was bothering me was they kept all the code names 
you know, right. so she was Fox still called and, Fox because yeah. she was the Fox. That was her supervillain name. And to keep and to, and to even they say one guy they got Rictus. I'm like, who the hell has the nickname of Rictus except he's the Joker? He's the Joker right. analog, you right. know. And so that they kept all those elements like somehow a sop to us. Yeah, and it was just ridiculous. And then okay. here's the other problem too: was like their whole message was kill one to save a thousand, and there was this moral kind of. Uh, and yet the Holocaust still happened. Well, it's not even that, but it's just saying that they never in the movie showed the fruits of their labor or even showed that, oh, right. by us stopping this guy, it will save this. He's well, a, yeah, you know, that was the whole thing about But faith. we can't know it. So you gotta have right. Faith they can't right. know it. So it yeah. became like this, you know, that's, but that's, that's lazy writing. Yeah. That's finding a reason not to be clever to prove that what they're saying is true. Okay. All this said, because we could rant around, we could rant yeah, about yeah, these yeah. issues. All this said, matinee. I, I didn't really have – I had a good time watching this movie. It wasn't until I started thinking about it afterwards. If you really mm. want to look something, you can, put, you can check your mind at the door and just have a good good visual fun because, damn, those visuals are great. Visuals are great. I will have to say the train scene I was just, pretty cool. The but scene I, where they flip the car over. Unnecessary. But I, I'm, okay. I'm going to disagree a bit, yeah. even the matinee thing, because I think it was morally bankrupt in a way that the graphic novel, despite it being about supervillains, was it was that set an amoral tone and I was fine, but this movie was trying to have it both ways. Okay, go ahead and snap. Yeah, it's funny you're going to point the graphic novel. You're saying it the graphic novel stayed within its own. Well, uh, but it's an amoral more, book. And it establishes amoral. from the right, beginning, right, right, right. and it says these are villains. You know, you're not supposed yeah. to yeah. admire these guys. Whereas they're still setting up Wesley, and by even changing the the for the final line, they're trying to basically say. This is what you should be doing. If you're frustrated at work, go ahead and snap because that's really what that what's going on in that. I so I really had. But a problem they were with very it. careful about that because I was afraid they were going to have the guy snap at work. And he really, I mean, he he didn't. He sn- clocked a guy with his keyboard and yeah, the, the guy and was, certain key letters go flying. That off. was good. I mean, well, it was a funny image, it but you know funny. what? I, was, I said to Lon, it was like watching a rock video over and over. It had all the logic of a music video. Yeah, but. I would watch, but he took is, his, is he there took a his boss out with words. Yeah, sure. I would. I would go to YouTube if I wanted to watch a music video. Okay, you know. So can I do one positive though? Okay, go ahead. I think McAvoy's a star. No, I, I would agree yeah. with that too. I think McAvoy, McAvoy is was so watchable, and that, that was one of the frustrating things to me. It was so full of people that I thought were good actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what everybody's talking about too. Since we are giving out spoilers. Everybody. And, and Angelina Jolie's tattoo? No. And it, I know this appeals to the lowest common denominator or whatever, but everybody's talking about when Morgan Freeman has his Sam Jackson moment. Yeah. And that just to me was like just cheap pandering. Yeah, yeah. It was just, but it was one of those things I'm like, dude, you're Morgan Freeman. You're an Oscar winner. You don't have to stoop to this. It was like. I don't think he's a winner yet. No, he won for a million dollar baby. Did he? Supporting. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. actually, he deserves it. Stump the Zorlak. Okay. But anyways. You did. You did. And, All right. You know, let's move on. We should, he also, should move on. He also cameoed on Love Guru, so we know he doesn't have much Well, pride. his voice did. Yeah, so. but he was there. You know that was him. Yeah. Uh, how check. about uh, Hancock? You saw that. I, did, I have not yet. Have you seen it yet, Rick? I have not seen no, it. No, so maybe tomorrow. Let's go. Yay. Um, yeah. We sent Lon. We sent Lon Lopez. Take tomorrow Hancock. off. All right. Well, here's, here's my review on Hancock. Those of you that wanted to see a Luke Cage movie... You got it. No. Um, Does he say Christmas? No. He doesn't say Christmas. Christmas. No, but it's one of those where he, you know, I mean, granted, he's more of like a Superman instead of a Luke Cage, but there are scenes where he talks about his skin can't be penetrated and everything else. And, and of course, you know, 
But um, I was there's a weird thing about Hancock, and and here's the thing: I was t- I saw Ted at the screening, oh, and couples, uh, yeah. and I basically told him, I'm like, I didn't hate it because Will Smith does excellent, and you know. He, it's one of those things where you can't not enjoy watching Will Smith. And whatever he's doing, he brings 100% to his he role. He is a star. And he's I, just a likable I've got guy. no issue with that guy being a, star, being a star. And then you have Jason Bateman who makes it all human and, and, and just brings a, an edge to it. And you're like thinking, this is interesting. This is really cool. They're, basically, the movie has a, a twist in the middle, switches gears, and then... The second that happens, you can just hear the the gears grinding to a halt. It just you feel like the whole movie goes, and then the movie just turns completely around into. You're saying this is a train wreck, almost in a way. No, but it, <laughs> and then the wheels come off. No, we the track can't. And... We can't look away. But here's the thing: it's not bad. It's just the it's second not good. The second half of the movie turns into just typical you know what i mean whereas you had the premise of you go oh here's this guy and he's drunk and he's got all these powers and he's gonna have to deal with some issues and maybe this is a story of redemption and maybe this is a story of whatever and then you know and i kind of thought it was and i wrote this in my review i kind of thought this was going to be like the anti-superhero movie of Mm -hmm. whatever but it just turns out to be another superhero this is will smith's superhero vehicle this is basically Will Smith going, I want to be in a superhero movie. That's the hot thing right now. So, well, well to, to he be, could have done Luke Cage. To be fair to that well, accusation. No, to be fair to that, you just said that in your written review. Uh, he had uh, circled around a couple of times other uh, properties. The problem is the person he got in, involved with was Rob Liefeld. Ew. And there was no way that anything Rob Liefeld has promised is going to happen is going to happen. Mm. So... Uh, he had some t- some character called uh, the the Mark, which I don't think Liefeld ever did a superhero, but he sold the property to. I think I remember that a long time ago. Will Smith was attached to that. Wasn't well, yeah, it? so Will Smith was attached to the Mark. Tom Cruise was attached to the Mark. That went back and forth between the two of them, uh, and then something called Dooms Four, which is basically Fantastic Four. Hmm. Um, Liefeld's version of that. Um, really thinly disguised, like a fine uh, loose meat sandwich. And then also, this is why uh, this is why I also said in the written review was like, I really feel like the studio hacked this movie up. I'd be interested to see the original take because actually, I was re- checking online and there were reports that they did handle a little more. It's rumored that in the actual first cut of the movie, they handled a lot more adult themes, like <coughs> I, they had said something about statutory rape or something. I, I heard that that was cut oh, really? from the film. Yeah. Anyways, I think I think this much a superhero movie fan will appreciate it. I think the general mass audience will like it because it's it's Will Smith on Big Willie Weekend, buddy. and it's yeah, it's Will yeah. Smith being heroic in a superhero movie in the pantheon of Will Will Smith movies. Where do you put it? Let's, you know what's funny? Let's establish the I high and that. the low. Let's say Wild Wild West. The bottom. The very bottom, bottom. And the highest. I couldn't think of the highest. Ali? I, mean, I might go with, well, Ali is a different type of, okay. I, I might go for Independence Day. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Independence okay. Day is well, terrible. I put something out there. Tell me what's better in the wi- I, in the big willy You know what's uh, funny movies. is I tried to figure Men out this black. exact gauge. Men in Black. Okay. Absolutely okay. wonderful I couldn't film. think of Men in Black. Love Men in Black. Okay, that'll hang. There you go. So That's the highest. Where's it? I'll go. I'll give you that. Okay. This sits – I thought about – it's funny that Rick even brought this up because I was trying to think of this scale when I left the theater. And I would have to say it's on par with iRobot. Hmm. Which was flawed and yet strangely entertaining. 
Okay. Okay. So it's I think it's on par with iRobot. Okay. Because I liked iRobot a lot, but at the same time realized as I was watching it, eh, but it's you know, it's entertaining, action packed. Okay. And it's like that. Okay, so there you go. that's my take on it. Okay. All right. So we've got some uh, we've got some upcoming films. Uh, one, I just feel because I can't believe how much I, I'm loving the commercials. Hellboy Two, uh, which I'm already excited about anyway. I mean, I think it's gonna, it, it's everything I'm seeing about it. I liked Hellboy One, absolutely, but I know that it had some kind of you know, it just talk about it, it know, studio interference. It drags in places. Yeah. Whereas Guillermo del Toro now has come back after the critical acclaim of Pan's Labyrinth has basically now making has made the Hellboy movie he wanted to make. Dear Lord, that, this thing looks awesome. It, it looks amazing, but what is what is there that was only I think hinted at or wasn't played up nearly enough in the first one was the sense of humor of the of the Mike Mignola books. Somebody and, woke the baby. Yeah, I mean, you look look at it and go, who could play Hellboy better than Ron Perlman? No one in, could. In Hellboy one and go, only Ron Perlman in Hellboy two. two yeah. He looks that much more like it this time around. And but what I'm absolutely loving is how you know it's a universal picture, which the first one wasn't. Uh, I, I can't. It was a New Line. Yeah, um, it was a New Line. Okay, so now it's at Universal. Universal has pulled out all the stops and dipped into their other properties. So these uh, these TV commercials that are popping up, we have one on Fanboy Planet because it just killed me. I, I laughed so hard when I saw it this morning. Was uh, you know first they had Hellboy being interviewed on Inside the Actors Studio. I which, missed that. Which I thought was like some kind of they were cross cutting, but no, they really got that guy Lip, James Lipton to ask him questions, and I had to send it to my brother because he's had it has a punchline that my brother thinks is, uh, had never heard until a couple weeks ago. So the word was like you know I sent it to him and said. You gotta laugh. Uh, it was great seeing that where Hellboy. He's like, so, so you were wrestling with your with your demons. He goes, yes. Well, they're actually demons. I mean, they're they're really. You know, <laughs> I'm and we're wrestling Greco Roman yeah, yeah, style. Actually, yeah, pretty much. I think he says that at one point. And then so this morning they leaked out. They have Hellboy and Chuck. Which I love that TV series. So they, I, I thought, oh, they just got the actor. I see the YouTube thing and like the profile of that actor, whatever. I can't remember what his name is. And I'm going, oh, so he's just in this commercial. It's not From really the TV Chuck. show Chuck. It's not really Chuck. It's really Chuck. And they're both complaining about how the government keeps them hidden away and how they don't really get to do the action that they want to. And they're playing video games. And in Chuck's living room. That's all I can say. It's just got a great. How's Hellboy on. do with that controller? By the and, way, and, and, <laughs> well, he's kind of like one-handed and sort of like he's really awkward with the big hand. Yeah, the mashers are really. And it's just. I mean, I'm masher. just like it's just got such a great sense of humor about the ad campaign. Yeah. I, I just I'm so just excited. wait until you see the Pepsi commercials. Uh, we did get some news this week that Iron Man Two seems to be on track, and John Favreau uh, has basically said, "Yeah," is kind of like recanting from it's going to be tough, but R- RDJ. Uh, well, I am assuming he was there all along, and Favreau. Yeah, you seemed, don't do part two without RDJ. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it. it, it that that was expected, and uh, so, but but Favreau's saying, well, yeah, there was all that speculation last week that he was going to be all tied up in in uh, Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. but I just don't think Cowboys and Aliens is going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's in pre-production, and there's an interview where he said, yeah, it's going to be tough, but so you know, Favreau was before saying it's going to be three years. I know Marvel's going to do the product, but I want to do the movie in 2011. Now, I think he's been properly behind the scenes, both spanked and given the carrot large enough. To uh, go ahead and say he's going to meet that April thirtieth, two thousand ten. Can I ask you a question, Iron Derek? Too. Go ahead. If Marvel Studios came to you and said, "Hey, here's a big old fat check. We want you to uh, give us Iron Man two in two years. Stop everything else you're doing." Do you think you could pull it off? Uh, never having directed a film, 
Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like Thank you. not knowing if I have any talent. Uh, right. But uh, but absolutely, John Favreau does have talent. He should just shut up and take the check That's, and make the damn movie. It's, dude. Come absolutely. on, Johnny Favs. Absolutely. Quit so, your bitching. I'm excited about that. And, of course, we've got Dark Knight coming very soon. Very excited about that. Let's turn some television thing because the Dark Knight has a home video release coming next week. And so, next week, so by the time this podcast goes live, you have a day or two to make your reservation at Fry's or Best Buy or wherever. Batman Gotham Knight, the anime that uh, will kind of bridge between Batman Begins and the the Dark Knight. Are you getting a screener copy? I have a screener copy. Party it has time. arrived at the Fanboy Planet office. Uh, I think we all need to, like, before we do the next podcast... I'll see it. We need to have a screening party. Uh, Don't I'll they have a DVD player here? They do. Um, we can all show up early one night. See what I can do. Uh, so, yeah. At Elusive Comics and at Elusive Comics Santa Clara, California. 2725 Elkin Street, 104. That's how you bring people in. Okay. Uh, we, could, we could do that next Wednesday. After it's officially released, it's not illegal to show it. We could do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can advertise, announce that or advertise. We wouldn't it. set up chairs or anything. No, but we might have tickets. it playing. Well, but we, we might have it playing because because I believe that Anna probably has ordered a few copies. You could, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not positive. But the problem with Diamond is you get not to diss on Diamond, but but that store uh, comic book stores get their DVDs. If Anna's got late. copies for sale in the store, it's no different than when you go into Best Buy and they're running the movie up on the monitor. Yeah, no, no, I understand that. Exactly. Uh, you know, so um, so we got that. There was news this week about a Batman animated that's coming out in the fall that's aimed more at kids. So for those who see Batman Gotham Knight and their little kid says, ooh, Batman, no, wait for the brave <laughs> and the bold. Bruce Tim uh, talked about that this week and named a few more th- people that will be teaming up. Uh, it's Batman is in the permanent slot, teaming up all across the DC universe, including Plastic Man. So, and because he's they're aiming it at kids, I think we might see a Plastic Man a little closer to that Tom Kenny uh, pilot that had uh, had leaked out. So, did you see our interview with Will Wheaton on MoreInLife.com? Will Wheaton in our interview had said that he's doing a voice for the new upcoming Brave and the Bull, but he did he couldn't tell us who. Oh well, that's interesting. So look for guest voices. Okay, well I figured that. I mean, the, wait, didn't Will Wheaton do a voice on like JLA? Or I something? think he did, but I can't remember who he voiced on that. He so. said he did like Aqualad on Teen Titans. Oh and then yeah, yeah, he, he did. did Cosmic Boy on Legion. Hmm. No, no, because Cosmic Boy was a, was a regular. Will Wheaton was not a regular on Legion. Of okay, Superheroes. who was? Uh, Starts with a C. Maybe Cosmic Boys or Lightning Lad's brother? Or? Uh, no, he wasn't Lightning Lord. Was, or they never called him Lightning Lord. He was he was Mac. Was Cosmic yeah. Boy a regular? Cosmic Boy's a regular, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, it wasn't <clears> no. a regular. So we'll okay. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, other DVD things I just want to give a, a shout-out to. We, we bagged on the Love Guru a bit, and we mentioned a film that basically all Mike Myers movies uh, are imitations of, which is So I Married an Axe Murderer. I think probably the only Mike Myers movie I don't think is lazy because it actually has like a complex plot and char- real characterization in other characters and follows it. So I Married an Axe Murderer came out last week on DVD, a special, uh, I think it's even a two-disc edition, uh, filmed in San Francisco, so it's got to have a soft spot in our hearts here at uh, Fanboy Planet since we're so close to it. Close to San Francisco, not close to So I Married an Axe Murderer. Although I am, actually. My wife was a stand-in for Heed, uh, in the, the younger brother in... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't talk about that, but uh, not at all. No, but I, it was good work if she could get it. Actually, I'm going to say that I don't think uh, Myers phoned it in all the time since then because I actually think the first uh, Austin Power movie 
has a lot of original bits. I, in actually, it. the Austin Powers movie made me laugh very hard. The second yeah. and third just Are felt just right. derivative. So that's why I should say, okay. And I should, you really do need to see Studio 54. He's not got a big role in that, but it is unique for I, in his. Uh, yeah, I, his I, I do. I think he's a talented man. I just think that there are things. It's. Not as great, you know, because Love Guru has been. I mean, we were kind compared to almost everyone else I've read on Love Guru, and I don't. And I don't think people are giving credit for how much funny stuff does happen in there. It's just it just doesn't hang well as a film. A comedy that I loved as a child, not as a child, but as a high school student, drug fueled eighties teen sex comedy. I thought uh, you were talking fast about times your high school. Ridge high? Oh. No, about my high school. I know you guys keep trying to tie me into this. No. My drug filled. My drug fueled. Oh, please! School. My high school days. Like I wish I'd look at those movies and go, "Is that how it's supposed to be?" <laughs> Someday. Oh, now I'm Shazam, in the. Shazam! You're my friend. Shazam. I need to stay after school. Aquaman! More. Aquaman! Save me! Uh, now, seriously, uh, Jekyll and Hyde together again because I feel like this month has been sort of like for me a Jekyll and Hyde like festival. Uh, a local theater company world premiered an ad- stage adaptation of, of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Really great, really creepy. San Jose Repertory did this really great, creepy production. I was like, I'm really digging this. Then I get, and then Jekyll, which two, three years ago, Creative Light Entertainment shot and had invited Fanboy Planet down to be on the set and behind the scenes during the filming. Finally coming out on Warner Home Video next week. I get an email saying that Paramount is releasing a line of real cut rate. To the bun, I can't remember what they're calling it. To the cheap ass. Okay, they are cheap ass DVDs. No extras, no features. A menu that just says play and chapter selections. I've bought videos like that on the streets in New York. Excellent. They're called bootlegs. But this is this is not a bootleg. I don't know the what they're retailing. I don't know what they're Paramount. retailing these for. Like five ninety nine. But uh, there's some really good movies in there. Like there's a, a John Sayles thing called Baby It's You with uh, Rosanna Arquette, which. Like really did not get great release back in the 80s, but it's a, a really good uh, 60s romance uh, for co- uh, about these two college students that are just wrong for each other. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful movie, but it doesn't really fit with the fanboy planet thing. But on the list, they had D- Jekyll and Hyde together again, which is just stupid, stupid, and I can't stop laughing. And I popped it in and watched it again. It's like, really, that my memory must be... Fooling me in fondness. No, doesn't I'm he, still laughing at this. Why doesn't he am I do laughing? like cocaine to turn into Hyde? Yes, yes. He says he's he's the brilliant surgeon, and he says, I mean, this is the way '80s comedies went. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm giving up surgery to devote my life to research, and you know, and to do kind of a new medical breakthrough. And what medical breakthrough? Drugs, and all the all the <laughs> interns go woohoo, and they party. You know, it's got the, kind of that wacky thing, but it all it really also owes a lot to Young Frankenstein. I mean, I'm almost being too intellectual about this film because it is stupid, but it is trying to follow. It was following in the steps of Young Frankenstein and update that style to the '80s. Right when it gets to, it actually works very hard to get so they can have the last few scenes look like the original Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they they got the rooftop chase, and it's all just goes to black and white, and the. Oh. So it's in many ways smarter than it needed to be, and it's, and nobody in the audience is going to get that. Is going to get it, yeah. But you you asked me ahead who was in that Mark Blankenfeld who had been on Fridays, and there's a comedian. There's like this was like his real really his only starring role, and it's a really good performance. I'd hold it up. He's a, a very strong physical actor. He was there? a really strong, and and his Jekyll and Hyde really are very different, and you can tell very different personalities and two guys in one body. It's 
it's kind of cool. So I'd say check it out. Another one that came out with this was Student Bodies. Anybody ever seen Student Bodies? Oh, the murder one? I might yeah, like uh, like one of the very first uh, – Parodies, that was hilarious. Parodies of slasher films. Yeah. So that's in this collection too. I haven't watched it yet, but my brother and I saw that like you know ten, fifteen times in the ver- in the dawn of, of VCRs. Right. You know, he we, we rented it over and over and over. Is that the one where like the killer's chasing the girl and he's all, <laughs> yeah, he's the breather. That's the, the, the yeah. killer is called the breather, <laughs> and he narrates. He goes, "Hello, <laughs> you know, it's me again, the breather." You never see who he is, but it's just so. Huh. It's a real. It's, Wait, can I? Did another. Okay. Can you get Night Patrol on DVD yet? It's not in that collection, but it oh, might be. I don't know. We'll find out. Night be. Patrol. Remember Night Patrol? That was another low budget cop comedy. But it's really weird. Literally, I was, I was at attending one of my brother's gallery showings. He and I were talking, and, he, and student bodies came up. And I got back home, checked my email. And there was this email saying, um, would you be interested in reviewing student bodies? Wow. And I was like, Ooh, I had to call him and go, dude, dude, it's on DVD finally. So, you know, you can tell I'm excited about You're, that. You are fairly excited sounding. Yes. I am. It's, it's goofy. Whenever I must he goes, check these movies out. When I go, woohoo, they're stupid. I'll just loan them to you. Yeah. And I got to say, though we're not going to talk about it tonight, in a couple of weeks, America's going to get the single best Doctor Who cliffhanger ever. I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to wrap up here. You know what else? What else? America's going to get in a couple of weeks. You know, when I say I'm going to wrap up here, and then you yeah, but you forget a, something that, very that important. You have something to say? Go ahead. What is that? Uh, what else? America is going to get in a couple of weeks. Rick knows. It's our centennial. <laughs> We're going to talk about our centennial. We have been podcasting for 100 years. Not yet, but soon. <laughs> 100 years. No. Our 100th oh, episode. All right. So it's come coming. Back in three weeks. For Technically, this is what? Episode 97? This is. Did we say this was 97? This is 98. This is episode Last number week was 98. So wow. Two more weeks. So what I wanted to say was I think we should try and get everybody who has been on the mics, you know, physically here, not the Collins and stuff, but. Try and get him in. I think we should have a, a studio audience. So if you're listening tonight, yeah, in two weeks, what's going to be the date? Well, let's 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 talk about this over the week. Next week we'll <laughs> announce. <laughs> next week we'll announce what we're going to do for the hundredth episode. I think next so. week we'll, we'll be in the let's see if we can get uh, this. Yeah. Uh, this is, we got to get some celebrity get. Uh, you know what? Maybe we we'll finally get Ted Coppola's in or something. There let's get um, the Nooch. No, what? Um, BPRD writer. Uh, Josh, Josh Dysart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we could ask Josh. Hey, <laughs> you want to just drive up on your own dime and sit <laughs> on our podcast? All right, you're right. Let's uh, kill. We'll stick to our No, that's still one of my favorite episodes when he said, when he, he was stating his commentator for the whole thing. So yeah. I, I absolutely love that. We definitely need Chris Garcia, Michael we'll, Goodson. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can throw together. We'll, we'll have we'll, details. We'll, 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 let's talk about it off the air. We'll figure it out. Yeah. In the meantime, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. If you've got any comments... Questions, commentary, If you recipes. want us to pimp your box. Absolutely. If you want us to pimp your box, we will. Write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. To my left. This is uh, Lon Lopez at uh, moreonlife.com. Don't forget to go to moreonlife.com to check out our response to Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, dear Lord. And across from me. And Rick Brett Center saying check out moreinlife.com at moreinlife.com. And uh, I, that's all I got to say about oh, that. That's, Thank that's you. <laughs> Please remember, use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. good. Shut him up. <laughs>
This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. So let's, uh, let's go. Uh, let's do it. <clears throat> unique New York. New, unique New York. Okay, Black go. bug's blood. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan today. Okay, got Mother. it. Mother. Uh, or you can go to colbearnation.com and look for all the cool things on a site. Uh, let me tell you something, Lon. Uh, when what? you're actually podcasting from a store, the store does not appreciate when you send oh, people sorry. to someplace other than the store. Oh, so you mean our listeners in China and Australia and England it's and worth Canada? The trip. Oh, okay. It's worth the trip. It's absolutely worth the trip. That's the slogan. Elusive oh, Comics okay. and Games. It's, it's worth, worth the, the trip. trip. I like it. I like no, it. it's. I thought it was Elusive Comics and Games. It were hard to find. No, no, no. Oh, no. okay. Uh, it's much easier to find now. There's a big banner outside. That was when it was Andy's size. store. When it was Andy's store, I'm just it was saying hard with a name like Elusive. You know, when it was Andy's store, it was it was Brian's book. Break it in, come on in once every twenty years. Knock three times, say the code word, (laughs) and uh, bring your own twice on the pipe. Absolutely, if you want Uh, to stay. I understand from the management here the computer will be up by the time the people who are listening to this come into the store. So next Tuesday. Okay. Uh, uh, what? What does that mean? <laughs> the, the register's down right now. Oh, I didn't know that. My books are sitting over there. Oh, I'm sorry. When I came in earlier today to buy books, I keep it on was thinking fine. there's going to be somebody going to my pile going, need this, don't need this. Yes. Oh, need this. oh, you're at risk. All right. Mm. Are you going to put the crickets in there? I, I Please do. Oh, okay. uh, he always does. He's got them built in. Are we going to go to Wanted now or some, sometime later? I mostly, think I saw that movie. Mostly my tastes run to Gaiman. 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 No one wants to no one wants to admit his name is pronounced Gaiman. There's an i in it. So? There's two i's in it. It's Guy Maine the way he's written it. Um, well, he misspelled it. Mostly my tastes run to gay man and That's more. Not it either. <laughs> and more. How embarrassing. Mostly and my tastes. And I taste... didn't make that joke. I know you didn't. Mm, I'm going to cut it out, so I don't care. <laughs> You can't now. That was funny. Well, that'll be a soundtrack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not horrible. Hopefully not. All right. Well, kind of You've been there before. I, I wasn't happy then. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just terror. That's you're a- saying your wife got paid to play head. Heed. <laughs> <laughs> and we have another outtake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I don't know. I'm trying to go with some bizarre <laughs> analogy. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, with, you got it. Okay, good, good, good. Here's the thing with, Han- that one. with Hancock. Like a fine, loose meat sandwich. This is where I'm Han- going for a different title. This is where Hancock loses it. Basically, um, <laughs> it, had, it had the chance to be a really smart movie. Uh, let's say a really smart uh, display of, of, you know, you guys all right? Or I just, no. I, I'm just it's like, I'm going. Look at the breast meat on that. Loose I, meat I, I look over at Rick, and he's still giggling at it. So you know, I'm just like, wow, I feel proud, and then it makes me laugh because I don't get Rick very often. And it's stupider than I remember, but not as stupid as I feared. Okay. So. <laughs> all I got to say about wow, that. Thank you. you. <laughs> oh, one last thing. <laughs> 
Remember, Remember Steve Jobs. <laughs> One more thing. Uh-huh. I'll tell you off the air. The iPod, iPod Lano. Okay. <laughs> Please remember, use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. good. 